And hello and welcome to this week's edition of Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network. And I can't say the words Nachum Siegel Network this week without jumping on that very happy bandwagon, which I'm happy to do, and remind everyone about these historic broadcasts at JM and the AM on the Nachum Siegel Network with Nachum Siegel himself and Miriam Wallach are going to be uh, having these incredible broadcasts in Dubai this week, starting Tuesday, December 8th. 6 to 9 a.m. New York Eastern Time. He's going to be doing four shows, maybe more. I know there's going to be at least four programs there this week in Dubai. And I think it's historic, and I think it's a very big deal. And I think it's actually a nice big step towards peace. (laughs) You might think, oh, it's just a couple of radio programs, and it's nice, but what's the big picture? The big picture is that we understand now that cultural exchanges are just as important as these economic and business exchanges that have been Blooming out of everywhere. If you follow my Twitter feed uh, at Jake Jake NY, I'm also on Parlor at Novak Jake. By the way, if you want to follow me there, if you've been following my Twitter feed, you see that every single day there's another announcement of another uh, flight that's being, you know, a regular flight that's being scheduled on a daily basis between uh, the UAE and Israel. You're hearing about all these investment firms and 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 deals that are popping up. Those are all big deal. Those are all really important. And I also think that the cultural exchanges that, are, that we're seeing a little bit, especially from th- something like a show like JM in the AM, a legitimate religious Jewish music program, legi- really just a re- legitimate Jewish news program as well, I believe, going to Dubai, I think is a very big deal. And again, you have to put it into the context and the perspective of some of the other peace deals Israel has had and how these those last two things I talked about, the economic exchange and cultural exchange that's already blossoming, is something that we did not see in Israel's previous peace agreements. We didn't have something like this with Egypt. There wasn't a, a Jewish religious broadcast going broadcasting live from Cairo. You didn't have a lot of business dealings going on between Egypt and Israel. You still don't. You didn't have that with Jordan and the peace deal that was signed there in 1994. You didn't have a bunch of Jewish organizations going over there and having cultural exchanges. There were a few and things like that, but nothing, and certainly no economic major ties. These were a cold peace, to say the least, just a situation where it's like, well, we're not going to fire weapons at each other. And that's great. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I'm not sneezing at that. But the thing is, for these peace agreements to really flourish and really lead to more peace, you have to have more stories like what we're seeing now between Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain. And I don't think that you can overlook what's going on this week with JM and the AM broadcasting several shows out of Dubai and say, oh, that's nothing. I, it's, it's really something. It's very, very important. Now, it's coming in a context of something else. This is what I want to talk about today on Novak Now here in the Nachum Siegel Network. Because just over the last couple of weeks, what I believe to be one of the most important developments and if I want to be a little bit more conservative about it, I can say the beginning of the most important, one of the most important developments. But one of the most important developments in favor of more Middle East peace, in favor of less death and sorrow and tears between Jews and Muslims, has begun. Something really happened in the last couple of weeks that I believe is very, very significant. And you shouldn't feel bad for missing it because I missed it for the first few days after it came out as well. But I really want to talk about it now because it's important that everyone understands how significant this is. So here's the headline. At the end of November, 
a Saudi newspaper published a column stating what most of us already kind of already know as as a fact, but you have to understand this is a very big deal for an Arab Muslim newspaper to say this. It published a, published a column by a columnist who said that, by the way, the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem and the other mosque next to it, the Dome of the Rock, are built on top of the ruins of the two Jewish holy temples, or as in Hebrew, as we say, the Beit HaMikdash. And then it goes on to make some other points. Now, again, for a lot of you listening to this, you, you may take this as complete obvious fact. What's the big deal? Well, here's the big deal. For 60, maybe 70 years, much of the Arab world has been pushed to believe that there was never any Jewish temple on the Temple Mount, that there is no ancient Jewish connection to the city of Jerusalem or even the, the entire land of Israel. And that it's all a lie and a forgery meant to help steal the land from the Arabs and the Muslims. This is a pervasive lie. This is a strong, strong and popular piece of fake news that's been going around the Middle East in the Arab and Muslim countries for decades, probably more than 70 years, but let's say 70 years. It's not true. It's a very ridiculous piece of fake news because even the Jordanian group that has been religiously controlled the Temple Mount for many years, even they in the 1920s published pamphlets talking about how this used to be, the site of Al-Aqsa used to be the site of the Jewish holy temples. So, but to try to disconnect Jews from Israel, to try to go to the world and make some kind of a point about how the Jews don't belong in Israel and it belongs to Arabs and Muslims only, a lie started to get promoted that there were never any Jewish temples on the Temple Mount and that Al-Aqsa and it is just a Muslim site and there's no other history there. And of course, this also excludes Christians and their history on the Temple Mount because as you may know, the Christians believe that Jesus had a very historic moment at the Temple where he confronted uh, the money changers, for those of you who know your New, New Testament. So obviously there's a very strong Jewish and Christian connection for thousands of years with the Temple Mount. And for about 70 years, Arabs and Muslim countries have been very successful in convincing the public of their countries that there is no such connection. So for a Saudi newspaper to, to basically say, yes, of course there's a connection, is a very big deal. Now, this piece of fake news, this, this lie about the Temple Mount is a very important piece of yet another piece of fake news, another big lie that's been spread just for just as long throughout the Arab world or almost as long throughout the Arab world, which is also a very deadly and scary piece of fake news. Now, this second piece of fake news, which, of course, comes right after this first one is connected to it, is the lie that Arab and Muslim countries have been telling their people for at least 53 years is a lie that they tell them that the Israeli government, the Israeli military, which has had military and political control over all of Jerusalem since the Six-Day War in June of 1967, that they have stopped Arabs and Muslims from being able to pray at Al-Aqsa, that they have desecrated Al-Aqsa, that they have somehow destroyed it in some ways. They tell them all of this and say, so again, if you don't necessarily, let's say you're an Arab person living in, a, in Syria or somewhere else in the Middle East, and you don't necessarily care so much about politics, you're inundated with this lie for the last 53 years, day after day, 
the lie that somehow Al-Aqsa, this holy mosque to the Muslims, which some people believe is, you know, I guess you could say is the third holiest site to Muslims because they believe that Muhammad prayed there. They are told that the Israelis have stopped free prayer at the mosque, that they have somehow desecrated it, and then they've vandalized it. That's this incredible lie. Now, this isn't the most dangerous aspect of that fake news. Because, again, you might have a lot of people in the Arab world, just like here in the United States, who don't exactly get all crazed about politics all the time. But they're religious people, they go to their mosque, and then after the prayers, they hear someone come up and remind them on a regular basis that Al-Aqsa is somehow desecrated. That their Arab brethren in Israel can't pray at this particular mosque, which is, of course, a terrible, terrible lie. Let me tell you how terrible a lie that is. Not only has Israel not stopped Arabs, Muslims from, from praying, or anyone from praying in Al-Aqsa, when they took over control after the Six-Day War politically and militarily of all of Jerusalem, there was a decision made to allow the Jordanian group called the Waqfa, W-A-Q-F, there was a decision to allow it to continue to control the religious administration of Al-Aqsa and the Dome of the Rock. Now, why did Israel make that decision? Shouldn't they allow a Jewish group or Israeli groups to control the Temple Mount? After all, the Temple Mount is by far the number one holiest site on earth for all Jews. Well, the, the government made that decision because they figured this would be more helpful for peace. That as long as Jews could pray at the bottom of the Temple Mount, at, w- at what we know as the Western Wall, or in Hebrew, the Kotel, as long as Jews could pray there, that's close enough, good enough. And if anything came out about Jews stopping Arabs from praying on the Temple Mount, or Jews creating a synagogue on the Temple Mount, or something like that, the Israeli government knew that that could lead to the death of a lot of Jews in Arab lands or everywhere else it could really spark a lot of violence. They figured this was the most respectful thing to do. This was the most peaceful thing to do. And I do think it was, but the sad thing is that the lies that Israel did exactly the opposite, that Israel somehow did desecrate or block a Muslim prayer on the Temple Mount, got out anyway. And for all the decency and generosity that the Israeli government gave the Jordanian waqfa, and allowing them to continue to control the religious site, I have never seen any evidence that any member of the Waqf, either current or past, has ever publicly stood up and said, this is a lie. We, we do, we Muslims do control the religious administration of the Temple Mount. You know, if you don't like Israel, you don't like Israel, fine, don't like them, but don't lie about the reality here in Israel here on the Temple Mount. Of course, that's, that statement has never been made publicly by a member of the Waqf. So for all the generosity, decency, and sacrifices for peace, which are significant that Israel has made on the Temple Mount, the people who are the beneficiaries of it have basically, not only have they not said thank you, they've allowed the most murderous and libelous fake news stories to, per, to, pervade them, to be pervasive throughout the Middle East and the world. It's a terrible scandal. It is one of the it is the worst blood libel that I can think of in history. Yes, even worse than the blood libel that the Jews suffered under in medieval Europe when Christians accused Jews of killing a Christian boy and using his blood to bake matzahs. And we know that there were a lot of pogroms and physical attacks on Jews, especially during Passover, coming out of that particular piece of fake news, that blood libel. This too is a blood libel, and I think it's actually a blood libel with sadly a much larger body count. Because a lot of the Middle Eastern wars against Israel 
and a tremendous number of the terrorist attacks against Israel are inspired, are fueled by this particular blood libel about Al-Aqsa. The lie that the Jews never had a connection to it. The lie that the Israelis have stopped Muslim prayer to it. The lie that somehow there's been vandalism or desecration of a holy site of Islam by Israeli Jews. These are all terrible lies that are believed by millions of Muslims all over the world and non-Muslims. And it has led to tremendous numbers of deaths, not only of Jews and Christians who are victims of Muslim terror, but mostly it's led to the deaths of Muslims. I mean, I don't know if you need to, to look at a scorecard or read your history books, but these terrorist attacks that, that are carried out by Islamist groups and these wars against Israel that have been carried out over the years have led to a much larger death toll for Muslims than Jews or anyone else. This has led to the self-sacrifice for no good reason of many, many Muslims. The death count from this particular blood libel, the Al-Aqsa blood libel, the Al-Aqsa piece of fake news, which is so pervasive throughout the world and particularly in the Middle East, is much deadlier from a pure number of lives standpoint than the Christian blood libel against Jews from the Middle Ages. Now, the other aspect of the Christian blood libel against Jews, and I want to talk about how important this is. That's why I'm going to bring up the Christian lies about the Jews that have been happily debunked by the Christians themselves, for the most part. (laughs) Because I want to talk about how I'm hoping that something that happened between Christian and Jewish relations will now happen between Muslim and Jewish relations based on what we saw out of Saudi Arabia at the end of last month. Now, of course, the blood libel about the killing of a Christian boy and using his blood to to bake matzahs, this horrible blood libel, this horrible lie, was also connected to the longer standing lie that Jewish groups conspired to kill Jesus. And the Catholic Church in 1965 issued something very interesting called in Latin Nostra Tate, which means in our time. And Nostra Tate was something that the Vatican put out. It was spearheaded by John, Pope John XXIII, but finalized by Pope Paul VI because John XXIII died very, very young, at a young age. But among other things, Nostra Tate basically said we will no longer allow the teaching that the Jews did anything to kill Jesus in any Catholic institution, any Catholic church, any Catholic college, school, the whole thing. And that was a very important step because before that they had maybe discouraged it at times, maybe said, well, we'll look the other way. It was a very strong statement and it really helped in the improvement of Catholic-Jewish relations. Nobody in the world can possibly say that Catholic-Jewish relations aren't many, many times better than they were in 1965 and certainly better than they were during before World War II and certainly better, much better than they were five, 500, 400 years ago. Nostra Tate was a very important statement that led to better relations between Jews and Catholics and by extension, better relations between Jews and all Christians. Is it perfect? No. Are Jews and Christians one and the same? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is one of the most horrific and dangerous blood libels against the Jews, the lie that the Jews somehow conspired to kill Jesus and the lie that the Jews somehow use the blood of murdered Christian victims to bake matzahs is now and has been for a very long time, not just 
said to be not true by the Catholic Church, but considered to be an outlaw piece of thought. You're not allowed to say it, teach it, or make it anywhere connected to the Catholic Church. It's a very big deal, and that's been true now for 55 years. It is nothing to sneeze at. It's a very important, it's been a very important development. And a number of Jewish scholars in the year 2000 used Nostra Aetate as one of the major points in a very long statement they wrote called Dabru Emet, which in Hebrew means words of truth, things of truth, that described the change in Jewish Christian relations over the previous 50, 60 years and talked about how it has improved and it's very, very important for Jews to recognize this and encourage it so that it continues, so that there can be more normalization. Not that not so we can assimilate, not so that Jews and Christians can be one and the same, not for that reason, not at all. In fact, the statement was written by religious Jewish rabbis. The idea was to understand that if there are terrible lies that are being said about Jews or anybody in the world, and a group comes out and makes it very, very clear that these lies are not true, and that even though members of their group are spreading it, they're no longer going to allow that, and they're going to say it's not true, that's important. That should not only be applauded by the Jewish groups when we hear that, but it should be repeated. Everyone should know about this. Every rabbi speaking in in a Jewish synagogue in the next several weeks should talk about this in their sermon at some point, about this major story out of Saudi Arabia, about how the Saudis now are saying, yes, there is a major Jewish connection, to say the least, to the Temple Mount, the holiest site for all Jews. Yes, of course, those mosques are built on the ruins of the Jewish temples. Yes, of course, the Jews have an ancient and longer connection to the, to the land of Israel, a much older connection to the land of Israel than, the, than Muslims do. Of course, of course, of course. And we can't let it just end with an article in a Saudi newspaper, folks. We can't. We need to applaud it and say, good, now take the next step. Now make another article and make a bigger statement and say it loud as possible that not only have the Jews allowed Muslim prayer and Muslim religious control over the Temple Mount, despite the fact that it's the number one religious and holy site for Jews in the whole world, but... They have allowed it to flourish. Take a look at before and after pictures of the Temple Mount and those mosques from before the Six-Day War and today. It looks beautiful. It looks much better than it did before. And why is that? Because without having to worry about the security and because of the economic improvements in the whole general region, thanks to Israel, money that goes into that that area from Islamic groups is being used more to help make it look nicer. <laughs> There's more money and more opportunity now to make it a, a nicer and nicer looking area. And it is beautiful. And that is directly thanks to Israel. And by the way, when I say that they allow the Muslims to have religious control of the Temple Mount, I really mean it. Jews cannot have organized prayer on the Temple Mount, which is a problematic truth. I am generally in favor of that policy just because, again, I do believe that it does help avoid more bloodshed. But it's a terrible sacrifice to make when you consider the fact that this is the holiest site in the world for Jews. Now, there are a lot of Jewish religious scholars who believe, and again, by religious, I mean they're not just studying of it, they're actually religious themselves. There are a lot of Jewish rabbis and religious scholars who believe that it's not allowed, actually, for Jews from a religious standpoint to pray on the Temple Mount because we're still spiritually impure and we don't have functioning 
priests and high priests, kohanim, as we say in Hebrew, to purify us, and we shouldn't pray there. There are other rabbis who say that's only true for the Holy of Holies, the actual spot where only the high priest could go. So as long as you're just on the outer rims or not quite in the middle of the Temple Mount, you're okay. As it is now, you can go, if you're, if you're Jewish and you go up to the Temple Mount and you pray silently to yourself, that's one thing. If you bring somebody else with you and you have a prayer book, you're going to get arrested, not by the Muslim police, but you'll be arrested by the Israeli police. The Israeli police will arrest you because they don't want to see violence provoked on the Temple Mount and in the Arab world and Muslim world beyond. They don't want that to happen. And this is a sacrifice that the Israelis have made. I think it, in general, it is a wise sacrifice, but I'm not saying it's, e- it's an easy one. I mean, it's, it's rough. It's rough that, to believe that a Jewish state has had political and military control over the most religious and holy site of, for all Jews for all over the world for thousands of years, and we are not even allowed to have one organized prayer on that Temple Mount for the sake of appeasing violent, you know, potential viol- a potentially violent mob. It's tough. And it's even tougher to swallow when you realize that all that sacrifice that Israel has made to give Muslims primary control religiously over the Temple Mount has not led to as much peace as it should have. It's led to more peace than I think if it were the other way around. That's why I'm willing to accept it. And and anyone here who disagrees with me, I really respect your right to disagree with me on this one because I'm very much on the fence about it at times. But... What we can all agree on is the fact that Israel has not received enough of a benefit from its sacrifice on the Temple Mount, considering how big that sacrifice is. Because again, not only does the world and the Muslim world especially not acknowledge the sacrifice that the Jewish state has made for Muslims on the Temple Mount, they they promote a lie that says just the opposite. It says that they have desecrated the Temple Mount. Folks, understand something. When Arab dictators go to their people and try to get them to kill Jews or try to get them to start wars against Israel, they don't go and say, hey, Israel's making me look bad because of their economic know-how and their educational know-how. They don't say that because they know no one would care if they said that. What they say is, those Jews are stopping your Muslim brethren from from praying at Al-Aqsa. Are you going to stand for that? No, let's go kill them. That's what they do. That's what they do. This isn't just like one of those little things that comes out of the side of their mouth and you know it's not nice and maybe it creates a little bit of hate here. This is a war cry. The Al-Aqsa blood libel fake news is a war cry and has been a war cry for more than 50 years. Thousands and thousands and thousands of Muslims have died for this lie. Too many Jews and Christians, I don't know how many, a lot less than the Muslims, but too many Jews and Christians have died over this lie as well. It is a lie. And what happened at the end of November in that Islamic paper is the beginning, I hope, of erasing that lie. The Catholic Church in 1965 put a major stamp on ending that lie about Jews and and their involvement in, in the execution of Jesus and Jews and Blood libels, Passover blood libels, that was a major, major step. That wasn't the first step, though. Understand that that, that the the Nostra Aetate Vatican statement about Jews and and other non-Catholics had been many centuries in the making, but that was the real stamp of approval, the real point of no return for erasing centuries of fake news. 
centuries of blood libels. Now, what we're seeing in the Muslim world now from this from the Saudi newspaper is just the beginning of this. Thankfully, it hasn't lasted as long as the blood libels of the Middle Ages. This 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 lie that the Jews didn't ha- don't have a connection to Israel and the Temple Mount. This lie that the Jews have the Israelis have stopped Muslim prayer or desecrated Al Aqsa has only been around. <laughs> let's say 70 years when you talk about the the establishment of the state of Israel, 72 years, and maybe just 53 years when you talk about since the Six-Day War. (laughs) Both of those are way too long anyway. A fake news blood libel like that lasting for even one second is too long. Is too long. But we're seeing the beginnings of this. Now, I want everyone to follow my Twitter feed at JakeJakeNY. And again, I'll put these on Parlor as well. My Parlor account is at Novak Jake. I want you to follow my Twitter feed because I have referenced a lot of things here now that you're going to need to and probably want to see more of. I will put the link up with the translation to the Saudi article, which was the, you know, the, the, the basis of this entire program. I will put up that link where you'll be able to read the analysis of it. And it includes, by the way, that column that I talked about in Saudi Arabia that said, of course, Al-Aqsa and the other mosques were built on top of the ruins of the Jewish temple, the Jewish holy temples. But it also includes an endorsement from an Islamic Quranic scholar who is also a devout Muslim who believes that actually Muhammad never prayed at the mosque in Jerusalem and probably was never was in Jerusalem at all, which is a very, very big deal. That's another sort of theological argument, but I want you to see that article. You can read that for yourself. I didn't want to get into that too much in this particular edition of Novak Now here on the Nachum Siegel Network, but I'll, I'll put up that link. I'm going to put up the link to Dabru Emet, that statement by the religious Jewish rabbis back in 2000 that noted all the changes that the Catholic Church and, the, and Christianity had made in their outlooks towards Judaism that I'm hoping will be mirrored by what the Saudi, this process the Saudis have started as well. In other words, the Christus Dabru Ahmed statement that, that acknowledges all the changes and all the erasing of fake news that Christians had been doing over many decades, I'm hoping that this will be something that, that Jewish, you know, that rabbis will be able to say about Islam, starting with this this episode now in, in, in the Saudi newspaper as a beginning point. So I'm going to put up that link. I'm going to put up a link to stories about how we know documented evidence that the Jordanian Waqfa has helped in the destruction of Jewish artifacts that are found on the Temple Mount. When, when Arab groups, Muslim groups, find Jewish artifacts on the Temple Mount, because they're promoting this lie that the Jews don't have a connection to the Temple Mount, they often destroy them in that, I mean, just price, in priceless pieces of, of, of antiquity, even if you're not a religious person, have been destroyed. So I'm going to put up articles about that. Hopefully that could end as well. And I'm also going to put up links to a story about how, based on the new relationship that Israel and Saudi Arabia have continued to cultivate, Israel is considering allowing Saudi Arabia to join the Jordanians in the religious administration of the Al-Aqsa site which I think would be a very good thing. As I just said earlier, the Jordanians have not given anywhere near back what they've been getting from the Israelis for many, many decades. They haven't helped promote the truth. They haven't stopped the fake news and the lies. Maybe Israel, I think, believes, the government's believing, maybe if they allow the Saudis, who have more money and more influence anyway, 
to help administer the Al-Aqsa site, maybe some of the worst fake news about the real relationship between Israel and the Muslims on the Temple Mount will come out. I think that that's the, the goal, and I think that's a good goal. There'll be some other links as well. And for every one of those links that I post, I will say, Nachum Siegel, Novak Now listeners, here's the, the link I promised. So I'm going to put up several links that you can, again, do a little bit of homework, do a little bit of research, maybe even just fact check me, whatever you want to do. But it's important that we get more of this information out there. My friends, this is a very, very big deal. We must encourage people who, who are trying to push against fake news that causes the deaths of our fellow Jews and Christians and Muslims as well. We must encourage it. We can't just ignore it. The mainstream news media will ignore this. They don't even know how important it is. Now you do. I'm Jake Novak. This has been Novak Now. I hope to speak to you again next week.